Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Hashtag My Investing Story. Hi, my name is Ann McNeil and I am the master wealth builder, helping to build a stronger and better life and business. And I'm also a volunteer with the Better Investing Organization. Better Investing is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. And the organization has helped over 5 million individual investors have a better quality of life through investment education. And as a volunteer uh, with Diona McNeil and myself, we are not selling any products or services on behalf of this organization because we're individual volunteers. And as volunteers, we're here to promote investment education. And with that, every Wednesday, we come on and we share a story of an individual investor who comes on and share their investment journey. And so today is the same as every week. And our special guest today is none other than Dan Harter. And Dan shared with us actually as a volunteer in North Florida chapter of Bed Investing. Uh, well, I met Dan when he came and became a part of our uh, investment uh, financial empowerment seminar that was hosted in the month of May. And I shared with him earlier to, uh, before the show started that people are still talking about his breakout session. And so to tell you a little bit about who he is and what he does, uh, Dan has been a volunteer uh, and a member of Ben Investing since 2000, April to be exact, and as an active volunteer since January 2001. Dan is also uh, the owner of a small technology uh, computer repair company, and we were just sharing about how when you have options, you don't have to retire, you can continue to do exactly what you desire to do, and actually when and how you'd like to do that. But as um, the Vice President of Education and Training for the North Florida Chapter of Bed Investing, he has a passion for educating, which also allows him to uh, share with many other individuals in all walks of life. He's also um, a graduate of uh, Eckert College, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute where he teaches, I'm sorry, he teaches technology at uh, Asha Lef Lifelong Learning Institute. And um, we're just very excited then to have you here with us as we hear your investing story. And so with that, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Ioni McNeil. Good afternoon, Ioni. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you. So Dan, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on as a guest. Um, as Miss Ann mentioned, you know, uh, you were gracious enough to contribute your time to the financial empowerment seminar that we had on, um, on Saturday, May 15th. And the reason um, that was so important, and I think impactful, was because um, there really sometimes needs to be a bridge between uh, where people are in their financial lives and where we are as better investing members. Um, a lot of times when we've been investing so long and um, 
also in an, an investment club and contributing to our retirement account and uh, investing for our grandchildren's retirement account. Um, we forget that there are still some people that haven't even built up a savings habit to even move on to investing. Um, so talk to us a little bit about uh, why you started to even become a volunteer uh, because you, you actually became a Better Investing volunteer very shortly after you became a Better Investing member. Yeah, so the, when I started in, as a volunteer, it was actually, I lived in Washington State at the time in, in southeastern Washington. And there, we were actually a, uh, an offshoot of the chapter. Our chapter was actually uh, in Spokane, which is the Inland Empire chapter of Better Investing. And they were located about 120 miles away. And so we had one individual that was local there that was providing education. And uh, I just thought, well, first of all, I have the passion for it. Uh, I just wanted to learn how to invest. And so um, I felt that he, you know, he was understaffed, obviously. And as, as we always do when we hold uh, our education in person, you know, we offer up for any individuals that might be interested in becoming a volunteer. And so he offered, he made that offer as well. And so I thought, you know, why not? What, in fact, I found that what better way to learn than by having to actually teach others. So I had to, a lot of times teach myself the topic before I actually, you know, was able to, to educate other people with it. So that's really, I mean, that's why I started shortly after simply because, you know, he, he was a one man show and obviously needed help. And I thought, you know, I just knew that when I first started to learn to invest, I was really looking for a method and I tried some other things before that didn't work. And I, so it made sense when I really started learning the better investing methodology, it was like, Hey, this is it, you know, this is the way to do it. And so I was really wanting to, you know, spread that knowledge to other people. Excellent. And I, I, I'm so glad you transitioned us there because I do want to go back to, um, uh, you know, when you were growing up as a child. Was it originally in Washington State? Yep. Yeah, I was born in Washington State. Uh, both my wife and I are, were born there. Okay. And so was uh, money talked about in your home? Did you grow up with parents who were already investing? No, my um, parents, no, no, my parents didn't invest. They didn't, they never talked about it. The only thing, the one big influence on money was uh, when I got a job mowing yards and, do, you know, painting sheds and doing miscellaneous stuff. My mom took me down to see first national bank uh, and, you know, got a, a passbook savings account. And she kind of instilled in that the, the theory of, of saving, at least. And so, I mean, she, she was that, that little one little thing made such a big difference in my life, though, because I kind of have gotten almost obsessed about savings, you know, that when I as I got, grew later in life, that it was, you know, I'm trying to always find squirrel away. My wife always calls it my little uh, nest eggs, you know, that I squirrel away or my squirrel's nest. But it, because that's it. I just kind of do different things. And, and I think it's all comes from that initial thing when my mom took me down there to, you know, just start saving a little bit of the, the money that I was making mowing lawns. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that story because sometimes we uh, forget 
how impactful those things are that you do with your kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it nothing replaces doing it with the child rather than doing it for the child. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, now in the age of uh, technology and everything being digital, many times we don't take, you know, our child to the bank or to the credit union um, and they don't see us write checks. So they don't mm -hmm. see us kind of manage the family's finances. Um, but but after that, you know, pivotal moment of um, learning how important savings um, is, when did you actually end up finding out about investing? Yeah, not until uh, the late uh, 1990s. So I was born in 1958. So it was almost 40 years. Well, it was 40 years that, you know, since when I first started thinking about it, I had always, you know, when I was employed, I always saved money into my 401k or the, you know, whatever the options were of the employer. I was always aware of that because as I said, I kind of learned to save, you know, early on from my mom, but I always, well, of course, when the 1990s were going, things were, you know, it, basically stock was going up no matter what, whether they had, they made any money or not. And so I kind of, uh, wanted to get involved in the, in the late nineties. And so I started using, um, the momentum methodology, which basically says there's, uh, somebody else that's willing to pay more for the stock than I did has no basis on whether it's a good company or even if it, you're getting it at a good price, it simply is just, you know, there's gotta be somebody else that's willing to pay more than I am no different than what's going on with Bitcoin and some of the other investments that we have today that uh, I, it just didn't make sense, though. I, I wanted a reason to buy a company. And so I was working, I worked in healthcare at the time and in the IT world. And I had a, a, a lab that I did some work for as well, uh, like a um, pathology lab. And I run it, ran into a, a girl there and somehow we started talking about investing. And she brought up this idea of an investment club and, you know, it, at that time, it was uh, NAIC. Uh, and so, you know, they hadn't converted to better investing yet. And so I went out to the website, did my own research on what they, you know, what was involved with better investing. And it, again, it just kind of makes sense to me. It's a methodology that, you know, it's, it makes, and as I, I just keep repeating, it makes sense, obviously. So um, I then decided, okay, I'm going to form an investment club. And, and I rounded up a bunch of coworkers and family members and started a club in 2000. So I, I want to make sure that I understand the transition between learning about investing, um, which at that time was more trading mm -hmm. um, than investing. That's right. And, and then how long were you kind of investing that way i'll call it the general public way because um uh, you know because i had joined bi so early i was only used to the bi way of investing and maybe mm -hmm. within the past five years i realized oh that's not how the majority of people invest mm -mm. um but yeah talk to us a, a, about you know those lessons learned you know if you want to share some uh, horror stories or just, you know, well, how was investing then, you know, learning 
doing it on your own, momentum investing, and then how long were you doing that and, and describe it a little bit for us? And then yeah. when did you um, come into better investing? I didn't do it long. I mean, I only did it if probably two or three years, uh, if that. And so, you know, I, I had some definite horror stories where, you know, th- the price was going up. So it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, I didn't want to get off, get left off the bus when it's moving. And so I just jumped on buying something just because the price was going up. And I, you know, I didn't really understand the business. I didn't know anything about the company. It was simply that the price was going up and I wanted to get some of that. And so, you know, there's plenty that I bought at the high. They, you know, people sell them off after that. And then, you know, the price drops. And so I've suffered the consequences because of that. And then, you know, I, I don't, I've always, you know, I had a, um, uh, good business sense always, I think anyway. And so it just, it just didn't make any sense to me that that was a solution to buying stocks, that it was simply just on price. There had to be something more. And that's why I was searching for a method. I didn't really want that. It was, you know, just simply the price only. That's my only criteria for why I'm buying it. And I didn't, I kind of read about technical investing, but that also didn't make a whole lot of a sense to me. Because, you know, again, you're just doing it based on uh, what the price has done in the past. Right. So why, why would I think now that since it's moved in the past, that it's going to move that same method, same way in the, you know, in the current and same thing with, you know, whether there's volume or something. And so, you know, I just like, "Eh, this doesn't make sense to me. I really want something, some other way to, to figure out whether it's a good investment or not. And then when I did read about better investing, it's like, this is it. I mean, this makes perfect sense. And so that's, that's why I ended up, you know, getting into this, the methodology. So walk, walk us through the kind of that first BI experience. Was it um, coming across a, a BI magazine? Was it being invited to one of the uh, in-person educational events, just kind of walk us through that experience. Well, initially it was when I talked to a coworker and the coworker mentioned that she had been in an investment club. And so I, I then just went out to the, to the NAIC website back then it was NAIC.org, I think. And uh, I just read up on, you know, what they were all about. And I liked the idea of, of an investment club. So you, you could kind of still stay invested regularly, but learn the method. And so I then, you know, searched for a local education, found the, the chapter in Spokane, and then they had the satellite in the area that I lived. And so I just, you know, I kind of did it all on my own as far as finding it. And then once I found the, you know, the class, of course, then I, I started with the basic stock selection guide class, which, you know, honestly back then it was a little bit painful when you had to do it on a you know you obviously have been around long enough to know that when you do you had to do do it on a paper form and you had to graph everything yourself now it's obviously all electronic much easier but you know so that was a little bit on the painful side but I've also been kind of a numbers guy my whole life that you know it's it all I like I like numbers and so that didn't scare me away it's still I still, because it did make sense to me as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you just kind of walked us through that because um, right now, you know, there's the kind of tug between the individual investor and the 
you know, person that is, is a part of an investment club. Can you talk to us a little bit about how being a part of an investment club really has enhanced your own um, investment journey or investing journey? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the collaboration with all your club members is that I think the number one thing you get out of an investment club. Well, obviously with, with other, the better investing methodology is, you know, the, our four criteria is that you want to invest regularly is one of them, obviously. And so that's the key thing with an investment club is it got me doing that. At least I was putting money aside every single month. And then just learning from other people in the club, you know, we've got PhDs in our club, uh, you know, people with totally different backgrounds than what I have. And I can talk about the technology side of things, but I don't know anything about, you know, a lot of other stuff. And so that's the beauty, I think, of an investment club is you get people that, you know, all these great minds are collaborating and you come up with different ideas that you might not even think about yourself, different options for investments and, and different industries that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily come to that conclusion if I looked at it myself. Now, there are times, though, I can say that my, my investment club does things that I don't necessarily agree with. And in our club, you know, we have the one person, one vote rule. So I, even though, in fact, I owned a, a fair amount of our club, not quite 20%. My wife owns almost 20%. And so really I have more at stake than the other club members, but we've always been one of those clubs that just says, it doesn't matter what your money is. It's let's just, you know, it's, we want everybody on equal footing. And so there are times though, when they make decisions, I'm kind of like, man, I wouldn't do that, but then I just say, it's okay, I, I can do whatever I want in my own portfolio, but in the club, I'll go along uh, just, you know, since that's what the group wants to do. Yeah, that's an important point, um, you know, to remind all, all club members, because even though we are pooling our resources, um, it's not going to always go our way. Mm -hmm. And so if we really have something we don't want to let go of, we always have our own personal portfolio to, to test out our theory. Um, well, you didn't stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the other thing that really that I've taken out of that club as well is, you know, all that knowledge that I've learned in the club, that's, I mean, the club money is nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's basically, well, it's, it's, it's become something somewhat substantial because I've been in it for 20 years, but um, it's really what I've done outside of the club that is really where the wealth building has occurred. It's, you know, the, in, in the club, it's, you know, you know, you're not putting a huge amount of money, money in every month, but over time, obviously that has accumulated to a decent sum, but it's really what I've done outside of that using this method and investing in my own accounts that really is, that's what's where the wealth has been built. You didn't start even learning about investing until about 40 and, mm -hmm. you know, you were over 40 when you found out about better investing. Yep. Uh, could you share some words of wisdom to other um, 40 year olds who are just now starting to realize they need to start learning about investing? Um, there are some people that whatever the age, 40, 50, 60, they're starting to feel behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. um, so could you just share some words of wisdom just from your own experience coming in at that same time? Well, I think that there's no, it's never too late to start. Absolutely. 
so even if they are in their 40s, you know, I've, I've been able to just start that ball rolling. And especially, you know, nowadays when people are living longer, you know, you, you may be end up living, you know, 90, 100 years old. And so just because you're 40 years old, you may have still another uh, 50 years of investing. And so it's critical that you, you know, get it in the right, uh, you know, the right options. So, so that, um, you know, you're not too conservative, you're getting into something that will actually uh, grow over time. And obviously, that's why we invest in individual stocks in the stock market, because that's where the money is made long term. And, you know, it's just the, the process of just getting started. Uh, you know, there's lots of options as far as how to do it. I mean, you can do it through an investment club, obviously, or you can self-manage your own portfolios using Roth IRAs, which that's, I mean, you, that's an absolute minimum. You have to be invested in a Roth IRA when you can put money in and have it tax-free. Uh, you know, it's like you could grow it to millions of dollars and still have it all tax-free. You just can't beat that. So that's something absolutely. And then I obviously always take advantage of the, the um, any money that my company is giving me. So there, if I contribute X number of uh, percent into my, my company 401k, then they typically match that with a certain percentage. So at a minimum, I always say, take care, take advantage of that too. And the other thing I did, which not, isn't really directly related to investing, but it's, you know, still in the financial realm. I also, uh, well, first of all, I can always paid myself first. So by that, anytime I got a raise, I didn't necessarily go out and spend more money. Uh, I would, as I say, I'd squirrel it away. And so I just lived within my means all of the time. And anytime I got a raise, I would just put at least a portion of it in, into saving more money. And then I also, the other thing that really was key to me is that, you know, it, certain times a year you get, uh, if you're paid biweekly, there are certain months where you get three paychecks a year. So what I always did on those months, I would take that extra paycheck and I would actually put it towards my mortgage. And so I was able to pay down my house much quicker. Now in today, you know, maybe there's better ways to put your money rather than, uh, you know, since the interest rates are so low. But when I first bought my, my first home, I assumed a mortgage at 11 and percent. I thought I was doing a good thing. So the fact that I started working on trying to get, get that paid off. And that's the, one of the tricks that I did was anytime I got that extra paycheck in a month, I would, I would, you know, pay off debt if I had uh, credit card debt or, um, you know, save it if you don't. I'm so glad you brought in those uh, real world examples, because I do think that when you start learning about investing and I when I say investing I mean like the fundamentals of investing and, mm -hmm. and that includes compound interest time value of money really just even understanding what interest is then you will start to make other better money decisions throughout your life because you understand what interest is and how mm -hmm. it could be working for you and how it can work against you so yeah absolutely um, yeah um I do want to ask this question about investing for a purpose. You know, um, when you were 40, 42, 43, 
and you know you had done a little bit momentum investing but then you got into uh, better investing did you originally have um goals um outside of just wanting to learn how to invest and make your money grow did you have like certain retirement goals or vacation goals um because i think sometimes you know people may need a certain vision anchor in order to motivate them to 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 start investing or stick to investing well yeah no doubt i, I mean i've always been a goal setter that i've always whether it's pay my house off uh you know retire early which i don't, haven't really done yet um i mean i kind of have but i haven't um and i've always I, you know i try, i got a second home at one point in fact i had a third home at one time so i did i did set goals uh some of them uh, I like, I have a retirement goal, obviously, but it, I don't, it's not concrete. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saving money so I can live comfortably in retirement, but I really haven't figured out when I want to retire. So, I mean, the goal is there, but I just don't have a timeline set on it. And so that is, you know, one of the things that I, in fact, I, I always tell people I, I invest like I'm going to live forever because I'm very aggressive because I do. I just know the data behind the history of the stock market and, you know, how many, if you actually look at the stock market, break it down over periods of time, there's, you know, if you look at it over a 10 year time frames, there's only four years in since 1926 that the S and P 500 has been negative. So as long as you can think and say, well, I'm going to invest for at least a 10 year time frame, then the stock market is where you should be. And so once I understood all that, that it's like, you know, I'm willing to accept more risk because I know that down the road is really where I'm, I need the money. It's not right now. It's years from now yet. I'm 62 currently. And uh, I just, you know, I don't know when I'm going to start drawing on my retirement, but not anytime soon for certain. So it's, it's one of those that I, I know I, I still have years to go. So I always stay really aggressive. Talk to us a little bit about how investing consistently for about 20 years now, especially even being a 20-year a, a 20 Better Investing member, um, how has that given you certain lifestyle options and retirement options? Because right now you're still working, but you're working for choice. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably have all the money you need to retire now. So, you know, you... So just talk to us a little bit about how your world has um, these types of options because you've been um, investing regularly. Well, I can tell you that my wife is six years younger than me. She's 56. And we had this discussion last night and, and again today that she's not going to work anymore after this year. So that has, I mean, that's given us that option by building the wealth. And it's, it's still... When I look at the actual data, because I, I've actually used Quicken, the finance software, since the nine, 1990s, and I've always been one of these. I mentioned I like numbers, so I always tracked what I was spending. A lot of times I didn't really use a budget. I would just, but I knew what I spent, and so I'd always go back and look at it, and I wasn't real rigid with the budget. I always made it happen. Um, you know, I was always aware where everything was going, and so I lived within my means. But, you know, that's what it's afforded me now is that once I 
I, when I looked at that Quicken data just within the last month, even, it was just amazing how it's, a, you know, it's like a snowball that it, you know, you kind of start, you just pick away at it. And then over time, you just see that the, that the money you can accumulate when you're investing the right way, that, you know, that's what, what I see now when I look back on it. It's like, how did I get, you know, it's like I had to actually go back and see what did I actually contribute into these accounts because I couldn't believe how much the growth was on it, that it just surprised me that how did it get that big when, you know, I didn't, it didn't seem like I put that much money into it. And so, but the, you know, now it's like, we can do pretty much what we want because we've, you know, saved diligently and used this method for a number of years. Now I do have the advantage, however, that I don't have children. So um, I didn't have to pay for, uh, you know, the, the expenses that a, a rate cost that, it, uh, you know, cost to raise a child, which I hear is about $250,000. Uh, and so that obviously I've got an advantage on a lot of people that I was, you know, able to save that money that I didn't have towards children. Some people have asked me, um, is it smart to still invest in retirement? Um, what would you say if that question? Absolutely. You have to, uh, in my mind, you, unless you are, uh, you know, you're, if you, if you have a need that you have to, you know, healthcare costs or something like that, that you have to, um, you know, have access to the money immediately then, uh, but it, it doesn't matter. Even when, like when I, uh, retire, I still plan on investing as if I'm going to, as I mentioned, I'm going to live forever. So I'm going to still stay very aggressive because that's where I can, that's where all the money grows is in the stock market. And so I personally don't agree with a lot of the retirement funds that, you know, it's like the life cycle fund that says, if you're going to retire in 2030, that they're going to put X number of dollars in bonds and X number of dollars in, in, uh, stocks. Well, in my opinion, that's too conservative. And so you don't really get the growth that you need to sustain that money because we don't know how long we're going to live. So you need to be somewhat aggressive to be able to, uh, you know, continue to grow your wealth or at least maintain it. And so if you start drawing off of that, if you are too conservative, you know, you have the potential to run out of money. And that obviously is not a good thing. So it's, uh, you know, in my opinion, yes, you need to continue to invest and continue to try to, you know, if you look at it in, in investing, though, the way we do it, in my opinion, is a lot more stable than if, you know, you're, you're trading, for example. So if all you're doing is you're doing my momentum method where you're trying to buy something just because the stock price is going up, well, then you may end up getting uh, beat up on that method. But if you're buying high quality companies and hanging on to them for the long term, then in my mind, it's fine to continue to invest in those uh, unless you think our economy is not going to sustain itself. And I don't think our economy is going to go anywhere anytime soon. So in my opinion, yes, you need to keep, keep investing. What's been some uh, pivotal books that you've uh, read over, um, over your, you know, um, period of time uh, or journey? That's really made an impact you want to share with people. Well, the, the only one that comes to mind, there's a couple of, uh, I don't recall the name of it, but it's a, the Peter Lynch book that 
basically just says that anybody can do it, that it's not, uh, th that's kind of the, the, the whole uh, premise behind his book is that, you know, as long as you're investing in what you know, and the average uh, person has the ability to invest in the stock market, it's not all uh, professionals. In fact, anybody can do it. That's in fact, if you look at better investing there, we have uh, such a diverse group of people and it just proves that, you know, highly educated, not highly educated, uh, you know, you, anybody can do this. And so that was one of the things that, that stuck with me is like, it kind of gave me the confidence that, Hey, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I can go out and do this and learn how to do it. And, you know, it's like the, especially today with the internet and all the information that's available there, then, um, you know, there's, you know, it, we have just as much information as the professional people do. And so there's, you know, you can go out and educate yourself and uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's viable. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, you being a, a, a chapter director and vice president of education for the North Florida chapter. Um, yeah. I think that the North Florida chapter uh, or formerly known as the Space Coast chapter does great work. Um, so I want you to, you know, talk to everybody about, you know, the educational events you have, the model club you have, and then the, the partnership you have with the military base nearby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we actually, uh, I don't participate in the, their model club. Um, I've got, I am in two other, I'm in two investment clubs, but not the model club. And uh, so I can't really speak to the model club too much. But I do, uh, I, two, I guess it's been like two years now that I inherited the education role. And so I teach, uh, I do webinars the first Tuesday of every month at 7.30 Eastern time. And, you know, we, I, can, I have to admit a little bit that I don't really plan a whole lot on those. Um, you know, like you would think typically that somebody in charge of education should have, uh, you know, like a plan laid out for the whole year. And I really don't do that. I kind of fly by my seat of the seat of my pants a little bit on that. And so I, a lot of times I'm trying to figure out topics a month or two ahead. Um, and then, you know, I'm just part of it is I'm trying to keep it relevant. So for example, the last one I just did was an overview of the My iClub website. And the My iClub uh, just came out with a new tool that allows us to tie in our stocks selection guide with our uh, the ssg plus online tools from better investing and so that, that's pertinent it was it was not you know timely and so that's when we decided let's do an overview of that of the entire site as well as that you know that specific feature and so um you know we i i do know uh, one shortcoming i'll say with that that education is that we really need to get more audience participation and so it is a little difficult, I find, in a webinar to try to pull everybody in, or at least I have I struggle with it. And so that's something I have in, in as one of my goals in the next year is somehow come up with a methodology to get more interaction between people. That it's not just me talking to everybody. That um, you know, hopefully it's it's uh, interactive and and works both ways. Because what I found in better investing even though I've been doing it a long time, every time I watch a webinar uh, that somebody else puts on, I'm learning something. 
And so it's, you know, you continually just build that wealth of knowledge that you have and it will come back, uh, you know, you'll get gains out of it later in my mind. No, you're absolutely correct. And I think um, even though you don't do much uh, pre-planning, I found that um, I'm always, you know, telling people about your uh, first Tuesday's educational events because they are relevant. Um, they are always packed with information. Um, and even probably most importantly, people have access to the recordings, you know, mm, yeah. uh, the North Florida chapter is, is definitely still probably one of the most organized, um, of course, thanks to Bob Huell, mm -hmm. who, um, you know, everything is, is recorded, everything is archived. So I'm, I'm always pointing, especially new investors, um, you know, to those TTW recordings, because if you just take, you know, one a week or uh, two a month, um, you know, slowly but surely, you're definitely going to, um, um, you know, catch up, catch up on mm -hmm. speed and, and learn a lot. Well, I think that's one challenging and better challenges and in better investing is that, you know, there's those of us that may have more knowledge than others. We've had more experience with it and trying to bring in people that don't, especially in an investment club. You know, if our club has been going for since 2000, you know, how do you bring in a new member when everybody else kind of knows what's going on? And they don't. So that is one of the challenges. Definitely. Um, I've got it easier this time. I formed a new club and I'm the only one that really knows what's going on. So everybody's kind of on equal footing, at least, you know, besides me, but that's good that I can kind of uh, massage them a little bit, if you will. And talk to us about why, why would you even join or start another club? You're already in one. Yeah. I mean, part of it is spreading the wealth. I mean, I want, this organization has been so good to me that, you know, even though I'm the one giving all the time, I'm the one volunteering as a, as a chapter member or director. Uh, I just see that what the benefits of it are. And so I want more people to know about it. And so I'm just basically up on my mountaintop trying to scream to people to tell them, Hey, this is better investing. This is our methodology. And I know it works. I've, I mean, I've seen it work. I've done it. And I know lots of others that have done it as well. And so that's why I want to get another club going. I've, I've you know, I, I'll, I hopefully get more than this one. I may not participate in the others. I'll mentor the other ones, but I, uh, the other reason I did it is also my club is still in existence in Washington state. So my wife and I are down here. Uh, the rest of them are up in Washington state. And I kind of wanted the one where we meet and, you know, one to meet people because it is social as well as, as financial. It's not all about money. In fact, it's more educational than anything is really the whole goal behind it. I mean, although you do make money and uh, it can be substantial over time, but that's really, you know, that's the whole point of it is getting the education out to everybody and being in, in being social as well. Talk to us a little bit about how you went about even starting a new club. How did you look for members? Um, were there yeah. any kind of uh, prerequisites or, or requirements of them joining? Yeah. So what we did, um, I, well, my club, my new club formed because, uh, we received an email to our chapter that there was a lady locally that was uh, wanting to join a club or uh, form one. And I had mentioned previously at another board meeting that I was thinking about getting another club going. And then the way I did it was on, uh, next door. 
So since it's a, a neighborhood, if you're not familiar with nextdoor.com, it's a neighborhood app that you can, you know, similar to Facebook in, in some sense, but the people are all in close, uh, close uh, location to you. And so I just put a word out there and said, hey, I'm forming an investment club. And is there anybody that wants to do it? Well, I got a fair number of people, but then I really didn't follow through with it. Excuse me. And uh, I ultimately then I uh, moved house. I changed houses, bought, uh, bought a different house, moved to a different location. And when I got this other email that somebody was looking to join a club, that's what I'm like, you know, okay, let's, let's get it going now. So I reached out to her. She had a couple of friends. I reached out to Nextdoor. And then since I do in-home computer repair, you know, as I'm sitting there working on somebody's computer, I generally, we chat with each other. And I'm always usually talking about better investing when I'm there. If, you know, if I sense that they have uh, that same mindset. And so I've gotten, uh, you know, a former neighbor that came in and a couple of my customers that have joined as well. So it's kind of just a, you know, mishmash away. When I did it before, my first time, I did it through family and coworkers. And so I worked at a bigger organization then. And I just, you know, when, in fact, at that time, I was the, the network administrator for the hospital. So I was always out and about. I knew everybody that worked there. And so I, you know, just started talking to people about it and, you know, got, got it formed. And right now you're the second club is how many members and how many years old? Well, it's, it's three months old. I literally just started it. So we had our first meeting, uh, uh, was it last night? Uh, yeah. Or no, it was Monday. And so, um, but there's, uh, there's seven of us and I had three guests on Monday night. So there it looks like we're going to be about 10 or so. And we'll keep looking. Our, our club is formed so we can have a max of 25. I, I, don't, I think early on, you don't want that many anyway. So I think it's better with a smaller group to start the club uh, because you can kind of get your foundation, you know, build your partnership agreement. And, you know, the more minds that are kind of uh, in that can come out, sometimes make it a little bit stickier. So I think it's better to have that formed with just a smaller core and then bring people in after you've done that. Very nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited by this club. I think we got some good people in there. It's, uh, you know, and it, it's again, it's, it also gives me another way to save money. You know, it's that that method of every single month putting a little bit away. And so this is just another avenue to do that. Well, Dan, I just wanted to ask, uh, ask you, I want to go back a little bit and ask you to share um, your first introduction to our financial empowerment experience. Yeah. And so, yes. Could you just share with our listeners your thoughts about, about, and for those of you that are wondering every year we have, um, within the last three years, we've hosted a financial empowerment seminar. It's a half a day event. And this year, Dan came on and participated with us as one of our guest presenters in a breakout. And he shares some things of what we asked. Well, I asked the question of everybody, participants, everybody, what's one thing you will do from this event? So can you share your experience with the, uh, with the listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. So the, it, uh, 
uh, I don't know the source of the people in your in your seminar. I don't. I didn't. I kind of came in blind, so I didn't really know uh, who would, who was involved in it. Uh, I didn't really know my target audience a whole lot. But I mean, first of all, it was very well organized, and uh, you know, even with the struggles of trying to do it remotely with Zoom, I mean, you guys did a fantastic job of giving people the option to break out into other sessions. You had, uh, I thought, outstanding speakers and and relevant topics as well. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed, obviously, I was probably one of the lighter skinned people there. Uh, there's more, more of a community of color. I don't, that's why I didn't know where the audience came from. But, you know, I, as I was listening to the presentations and, I, and I, you kept harping on the fact of, you know, what is the one thing you're going to take out of this? What are you going to do when you uh, leave this? And, you know, a lot of it I've done as far as, you know, setting the budget and building my wealth and that side of it. But I've always had in the back of my mind that there's this huge gap between people like me, which is uh, white males and families of color. And so I felt that, you know, that's something that needed to be addressed. That we, I need to actually do my part in trying to change that. And so uh, I reached out to Ioni actually after that event and, you know, asked if it was, you know, some suggestions about how to approach that and whatever, but uh, I'm going to, so that's one, something I took out of it that I feel that, you know, we need to do more because just because I'm white male doesn't mean that I should be the only one that, that can build wealth in this society. And unfortunately that we, you know, we got a long way to go to fix that, of course, but I'm going to do my part. And so I've got uh, the idea of reaching out to the communities here locally, and we're going to hopefully start working on that. It's going to be my next project, I guess. But I want to thank you on behalf of all of our listeners who are of color and who are not of color, because just for the mere fact that you're sharing with us tonight, your investing story, I think that this is the beginning of bridging that. And as we are all volunteers with Better Investing, uh, many of us know from being involved 5, 10, 15, 20, some 30, 40, 50 years have been involved in this phenomenal organization. And it really is about the spirit of service. Mm -hmm. And so when you take someone like yourself, that's white and male, and you're willing to share what you've learned. And I, we were talking before the program started, and I was sharing with you that my neighbor uh, was Ellis Traub, who's also white and male. Mm -hmm. And he helped us phenomenally. Actually, we started over 20 investment clubs in our church at New Birth Baptist Church in Miami uh, with his help. Well, from his help and many other volunteers that were a part of our South Florida chapter of uh, NAIC. And so I think that we have the tools, the desire, and also the spirit of service as a part of this, this organization. So we want to thank you uh, for, uh, for reaching out and seeing whatever it is that you can do, because it does make a difference. And it also starts here when you think about how powerful the power of compound interest is mm -hmm. and uh it's interesting you made the comment about how your portfolio has grown over time and and just because of the power of education and the mm -hmm. fact that the organization gets i want to just mention to all of our listeners if you just tuned in um you're listening to hashtag my investing story and we're interviewing uh dan harter of the he's a volunteer with Better Investing North Florida Chapter. And we talked earlier about the fact that he's been involved with the organization 
uh, since April 2000, and he became a volunteer in 2001. And he has been volunteering ever since, which as you know by now is, is 20 years. And he um, teaches, shares, and just a phenomenal giver. So Dan, I wanna just thank you. And also just wanna let our listeners know that this show, this program, we're all volunteers. We're not selling any products or services. And we're volunteers with Better Investing. And Better Investing was established in 1951. Before I was born, yes, it was. And a 501c3 organization, better known as NAIC, but now known as Better Investing. And this organization has helped over 5 million individual investors learn how to better, really how to have a better quality of life. And so I just wanted to just share that because oftentimes uh, we, we tend to think that we don't know what to do or how to do it. And Better Investing has given us the tools to know that. So Dan, as we prepare to, um, to wrap up, I'm going to turn it back over to Ione, but also we talked about the actual conference that's going to be held. And I'm not sure if you're planning on going to, uh, to the conference in Dallas, but for those of us who are planning, uh, it is going to be held on October 21st through the 24th at the Western Park Central Hotel in Dallas, Texas. So were you planning on attending, Dan? You know, I'm wavering because I was supposed to be going to Vietnam uh, the 1st of November. And so that, well, who knows if that's going to happen yet, but uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm kind of wavering depending on what happens there. So if it does, if the Vietnam falls through, then more than likely I'm going to go to the national convention. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to be looking forward to seeing you either way. Uh, we look forward to seeing you, but we are also hosting our financial empowerment seminar, and this one will be in person on that Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, and we'll start with a light breakfast at 7.30, and we go until about 3, 3.30, and I would encourage you, space is limited, the event is free, so please register today, the space is limited. And it is free. And I always like to give a lot of respects um, to Dean Yeager and his beautiful wife for um, helping us take his vision and our vision to another level with this financial and seminar, financial, um, financial empowerment seminar. And so we really don't talk a lot, Dan, about financial literacy because, as we know, as investors, you can be empowered. Uh, to change your own future. So I only back to you, but I just wanted to just thank you, Dan, for those comments. And I wanted our our guests to hear uh, that one person can make a difference. And like I shared with you before the program started, there are people who are still talking about your presentation. So that's good. (laughs) It's very good. All right, Ioni. Yeah, just um, letting people know uh, in the chat that you know, North Florida has the majority of, of uh, kind of central and northern Florida, but, you know, Florida is so big. So the, the Panama area is actually um, more under the leadership of, of Alabama and Emerald Coast. There's also, I just found out, a Jacksonville chapter. But, um, but the, beautiful, the, the beautiful part of, of 2020 is that, um, Almost all of us, uh, of course, again, Space Coast leading the way, 
um, whole virtual event. So if you want to forward someone to Better Investing, um, I really do suggest that you forward them to the North Florida chapter uh, and their wonderful events, uh, forward them to the South Florida chapter. Um, we, all, we always are, are welcoming and always are gonna have a beginner tent um, to things. Um, but with that, Dan, um, I just wanna say, I really appreciate you um, being so humble in your delivery of uh, the message of invest investment education and um, sharing your journey, not just tonight, but also at the financial empowerment. And um, I'm, I'm glad that we've started a, a chapter to chapter, South Florida and North Florida chapter to chapter uh, working relationship, because I do think that individually as chapters, we have, you know, one to two events a month, but mm -hmm. if we can direct people to what else is going on um, at other great chapters, um, you know, at any point of the week, any week of a month, you know, they can pop in on, you know, the DC regional chapter, the St. Louis chapter, Puget Sound, Pittsburgh, you mm -hmm. know, the list goes on uh, because we have so many great chapters um, populated by so many great better investing volunteers willing to give of their time and talent and resources. And so um, I'm gonna take this opportunity to say thank you to all of the better investing uh, volunteers that are listening now. Um, we really do appreciate all of the work that you do investing in others. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm honored to also work with such a great group of people, uh, better investing volunteers. Dan, uh, you have any Last well, words or words of wisdom for people. Well, I would also just add that it's such a great community and it, it really is a community. And the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter what chapter you go to, you do find people willing to give their time and efforts to help people learn how to invest. That's our number one mission, obviously. And so there's, there's, it's not just me. It's not just Ione. It's not just Dan. There's so many people out there in this, in the country that are willing to do this. And even if you, um, you know, you have the, that community sense once you're in that, our fold and that it, you know, I've, I've helped people that have called me from uh, Indiana, for example, that had questions about portfolio management and I take the time to do it. I mean, anybody would do that. It's not just me. And that's, I think, one of the beauties of better investing as well is that everybody is willing to give their time and uh, there's no, no, uh, strings attached it's just you know we're, we're just out there willing to help people well thank you thank you and thank you again dan yeah. uh, miss ann yes i want to also thank all of our uh, individuals who have been chiming in uh to the chat and some really good uh, comments and many of of them are volunteers and so like you, you've already uh, acknowledged, but I think what I'd like to suggest we start doing, Ioni, if we could ask the volunteers, and you know who you are, Ann Newman, <laughs> and you know, many of you, uh, yes, Howard Johnson, if you can start, Laura, thank you so much also. Uh, she does a phenomenal job in sharing all week long in our social media, but I would encourage you to consider change your name and, and, you know, just add BI volunteer to your name 
And I think that that would help our, our listeners and those who are, who are uh, on the Zoom with us to know how much you uh, also continue to give and to serve and support those who are coming on to share. And I, you know, I really think we should ask Laura Scott to come on and be one of our guests because she is just phenomenal in how she shares all week, finding awesome articles and these kinds of things. But I think also we have a lot of people who are in the chat. We want them to know uh, Gabrielle Monroe, uh, Fred, you know, you know when I start calling names, Emily, Doretha, uh, for your support and volunteer, Michelle and Marshall. Um, listen, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm already out here. Charles, Carmen, you know who you are, Kalina, Shirley, and Angelina. Thank you so much for coming on and participating with us as we share these investing stories. And I would challenge each of you, let us know, reach out to us and let us know that you would be interested in sharing your investing story. You see, everybody has a story and it does not have to necessarily be a story that you know, you've done a whole lot of different things because there are people who will only relate to you. There are people who will only relate to Dan's story. There are people who will only relate to Ioni's story. And one day I'll share mine and there are people who will relate to that story of being broken, broken. And that's how we found Better Investing or I should say Better Investing found us. So everybody has a story. And I think that if we stop and, and really face that man or that woman in the mirror and say, you know what, this is where I am, but I'd like to start saving. First step, $20. I love $20 story. Not a lot. We started with $20. And then we learned what to do with the $20. You save $20 and then you invest the 20. You save 20 and you invest. It's very easy. So it's no excuse. And we come on and you hear stories every single Wednesday. So I, I'm going to let that go. Iona, you know, when I start talking, it's very hard to stop. And so I want all of you to know we really love you and appreciate you. But better investing is the, one of the best gifts I have ever been given next to my salvation and my family, of course. But I think that for each of us, you each must find your own way to, to just take the first step. And I, I appreciate you, Dan. Uh, by responding to my question. And I think I'll continue to ask that question. So I'm going to ask each of you that's listening tonight, what's one thing you're going to do from the story that you've heard? Maybe put it in the chat and let's begin to hold you accountable because we don't just come on to just share these awesome stories. We really come on also to have the stories make a difference in your life. And it may not be right now, it may be later on that something that was said or shared, maybe a book, or, or, or link or something like that, that really makes you do something different. So thank you, Anne. See, she is so phenomenal. So if everybody would just share with us one thing you're willing to do uh, between now and next time, and then we're gonna ask everybody else, please save the chat. So when they come back next time, you can privately chat them and ask them if they did that. So everybody, uh, we wanna thank you for coming on and we'll see everybody next week. And until then, namaste and good night. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, thanks.